wonderful. I'm telling you, that was that was great. That was really good, appropriate and honoring to the Lord. And man, our teenagers are really um, doing wonderfully when it comes to music and the, the quality that of the music they're putting out and honoring the King with that. And what a blessing! What a tremendous blessing! I just want to say, I, I, I I'm impressed. I'm I'm proud of our teenagers and. And to see what they're doing now as teenagers as they continue to develop. And, oh, man, that's wonderful. I've enjoyed the, the songs this morning, the, uh, um, the congregational the specials, both of the specials so far, the, and the, the uh, uh, offertory. Man, I tell you what, I just have been enjoying <clears throat> the services. And as I do, um, as I do, I... Uh, um, kind of get emotionally involved. <laughs> and I start thinking about the faithfulness of our God, my God to me, and how, how that he is, has been so faithful and so good. I can't contain. And I start bawling, and I'm looking for a napkin or a Kleenex, you know, and there ain't no Kleenex here, no Kleenex there. Somebody needs to put... It's like, you know, going to a prayer meeting and not bringing an umbrella. Come on, let's... Uh, Let's uh, prepare for uh, losing it in services, okay? So somebody needs to remember to put some Kleenex around here so we could use it. And I'm, look, I'm asking people, do you have a Kleenex? No, no. Do you have a Kleenex? Do you have a Kleenex? Thank you, Sarah. She came through. <laughs> Mrs. Cooper had a Kleenex. She saved the message today. So, amen. Um, after, I hope you have had a, a wonderful Christmas. I sure did. It was wonderful. It's uh, tremendous it was noisy it was you know confusing and with 15 grandkids you know and everybody at one time you know oh boy that was glad that's over with uh, <laughs> I had a wonderful Christmas um, and I hope you got what you wanted to uh, get and, and I hope you had a good time with family and enjoy and especially uh, use the season to worship the king and what a great, what a great time of the year. What a, what a wonderful uh, time of the year. Damaris, you have something to say to us, but I'm not going to put you on the spot. But anyway, you talk to Damaris afterwards and, and look at her finger. Do you have anything on your finger? <laughs> or, or maybe a promise or whatever. But anyway, so uh, you know, I read that. You know, social media gets around, you know, it really does. Amen. Good job, guy. <laughs> Afterwards, potluck, okay? It's over in the fellowship hall. You say, preacher, I didn't bring anything. I wasn't prepared for it. There's so much. There's so much food. Oh, folks, come on. Just stay, enjoy, and uh, just partake of uh, the fellowship a little bit. It'll be, a, it'll be a wonderful time. You get to know people a little bit more. You remember this is where you're supposed to make the food that corresponds to the first letter of your last name. Mine, Farinella, is supposed to be... And so we're driving to church. We have this in the crock pot, and we don't remember what it's called. It's, it's got something to do with an F, you know, Farinella. So Farinella Fancy Frittata Finger Feast or something. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> so going to church. And I, I know, honey, I know. We'll just label it food. <laughs> anyway, I'm looking forward to afterwards. We have a great time of fellowship. Every time that there is a, a, you know, dinner or a potluck or something that's promised afterwards, the message gets real short. <laughs> but 
I'm not real sure that uh, that's going to happen this morning, but we'll, we'll try. Now, the more, if you, uh, you know, ushers, if you want to just open the doors, you know, and let the, the smells begin to come on in here, then it shortens the message a little bit. But anyway, John chapter 19, verse number 30. Take a look at John chapter 19, verse number 30, just one verse. I'm going to kind of look at this as a topical message about the end of the year, 2018, is coming to a close. We're completing the year. It's going to be finished in uh, about 24 hours or a little bit more where we'll, we'll have the, uh, uh, the end of the year. And so we're, we're looking at the completion of things, of being finished. And we see the word here that we're going to emphasize throughout the different verses and the different thoughts here from the scripture. But this is one of them in John chapter 19, verse number 30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. It is finished, Jesus said. Thank you, Lord, for this, your word. I pray that you help us to understand some things about uh, completion, about coming to a close, the end of things. So, Lord, I pray that you help us to think about these things that are so very important that we have to uh, um, focus in on in these next few moments. Lord, I pray that you'd make it uh, live to us, help us to understand exactly where we're at. And it's in application of the end of this year, the closing of this year, but Lord, more than just that, help us to see our frame and the position where we're at. Lord, I pray that you help us to see um, our our, uh, soon... Uh, appointment with you. Lord, I pray that you would just help us this morning to kind of put things into proper perspective. Give us a divine perspective. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is the last Sunday of 2018. My God has been good. He's been good to me personally. He's been good to us as a church. He's been good to so many of us. I know some have had setbacks and some have had difficulties, but you know the Lord is faithful through it all. And you've learned more of his faithfulness, even through the trials. But this is the end of 2018. The Bible deals with the end or the completion of things. Throughout the scripture, we'll see uh, things that are addressed, that talk about uh, an event or some kind of a, a happening that comes to a close. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 1. This is talking about the end of creation. That first week of creation where God created all things. The Bible says, thus the heaven and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. The common word here, finished, is translated many ways. But in all, it has the same connotation throughout the Old Testament. That Hebrew word that we have translated finished, other word, other places, it's translated as make an end of, or done, or fulfilled, or consumed, ended in some way, finished, finished. The Bible says that God worked, and he labored, and he finished his work. He ended it. He completed it. 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 14. So Solomon built, built the house and finished it. This is talking about his building God's house, the temple. It says he finished it. 
in verse 38 of that chapter. And in the 11th year, in the month bull, where, which is the 8th month, was the house finished throughout all the parts thereof and according to all the fashion of it. So he was seven years in building it. So here it was a uh, multi-year project. It just didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in seven weeks. It didn't happen in seven months. It took seven years. Seven years of laying the foundation and then getting the materials together and, and getting the artisans and, and putting things together. It took seven years to finish the temple, but he did it. He completed it. He finished it. Daniel chapter 5 and verse number 24. Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. And this is the writing that was written. Mene, mene, teko, upharsin. This is the interpretation of the thing. Mene means God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. And that was said twice. God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Teko. Thou art weight, weighed in the balances and are found wanting. Perez, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. This, of course, the king of Babylon was, was uh, given this sentence from above. God had weighed him in the balance, and there were some things that were wanting. He'd, he'd had a long enough leash to do what he was doing, and then God finally reined it in and said, Okay, we're done. And your reign, your, your self-will is finished. Thy, thy kingdom, finished. This dynasty, finished. This word finished here in this uh, text is a word that is translated in other places, restored or paid or performed. In the context, God here was saying that this was a reckoning time. Everything that you've done, that you've accomplished, it's done, it's over with. No more, uh, no more testing time. This is the end of the test. It's a reckoning time. Enough of allowing a long leech, leash on divine gifts. Now it was time to be judged. Adding up the entire bill. And now it was time to pay. And you know what? When we look at that in Scripture and we see where we are, goodness, our life we have this opportunity right now for our choices, but there's coming an end to that, a time to pay, a time to add up the entire bill. In John 17, verse number 4, Jesus says, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Now, with this finished, the Greek word is translated elsewhere in the New Testament as fulfilled or perfected. Or made perfect, completed, done, it's finished. Jesus said, God, the Father gave him uh, work and, and a job to do, and he completed it. Job well done. Perfected it. Folks, we've come to the last Sunday of 2018. Everything that you've attempted this last year, everything that you've aspired to, that you've tried, it's done. It's over with. No more. This is it. 2018 is coming to a close. This year is now completed. In just a few hours, it'll be completed. Closed out. Put in the record books, if you will. Finished. 
the time so graciously allotted to each and every one of us is over. No matter how we would like to, we can't get a do-over. It's not a video game. It's not a, not a situation where we can just say, okay, you know what, that wasn't any good. Let's try that one again. No, no, no. I mean, you have the opportunity from here on to live how you're going to live and, and honor the Lord, but whatever you've done, you've done. Indelibly in history, it's finished. We can't go back. The time spent is what it is. It's impossible for us to erase the events that have taken place in this last year, although you might want to in so many areas, in so many ways, so many failures. I don't know about you, but I have. I, I understand that. And I, I would like to say, you know, sure would like to erase some things of this last year of my performance or my attitudes or, you know, my year. But it's impossible for us to erase the events. Tomorrow night, we'll wrap up the last moments of the year. And then they'll be gone. 2018, gone. With all the fanciful science fiction themes. And by the way, I enjoy them. And I enjoy stories or uh, uh, events or movies that uh, have to do with time travel. It's utterly impossible for anyone to travel through time and not play it out as it is given moment by moment. If sometime in the far distant future, if we were to be able to do so, then we'd know it and we'd see it now because then there would be those who would travel back in time, you know, the Terminator thing, you know. But you don't get that. We don't get that. It's impossible, folks. That's one of those things where God's laid down and we are bound by the time, that whole concept of time that God has us in. There is no going back. But of course, we're bound by the time that God created and placed us in. It's inescapable, folks. Undeniable. Impossible to become free from time. 2018 is coming to a close. About to be finished. We'll come to the finish of three things here. And three things, and while we're thinking about these things, and this is the end of the year, very simple message. I just want to deal with three things that we come to that get finished. Number one, we will come to the place to where we finish time. Finish time, or the time that we have allotted to us. While being in the midst of the here and now, with years and months, weeks, days, hours, minutes, and seconds ticking away, <clears throat> we may feel as though the time that we're allotted is abundant and it's plentiful since it only uh, goes by second after second. We can't rush it. We can't avoid it. We can't circumvent it. We can't skip it. It's allotted to us second by second. And just continues to plod on and on and on. We might think, boy, we've got a lot of time. But the Bible gives us a very different perspective, an eternal perspective of time. I mean, if we're just looking at the time that we're allotted by, you know, from our viewpoint, you might think you have a lot of time. But what about in light of eternity? 
Where we're finite, we go from here to here. Eternity is infinite. That's why the Bible calls God everlasting to everlasting. Thou art God. Forever in the past, never ending in the future. Never ending. And folks, when God made us, he made us to be eternal, maybe not from the past, but there's a point in time where we are created, but where eternal beings will never end in our existence. Hey, regardless of what the cults teach, that you know, even if a person uh, dies and they're not in graces with God and they get annihilated, they're burned up. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. Jesus made it very clear. He said the rich man who died and, and went to hell the Bible says, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments. He was not gone. He was not annihilated. He was forever, forever and ever and ever and ever in that place to where he regretted being. You and I are eternal in that sense. And looking at the divine picture of where we are at. Did you ever go into a mall? The other day we wanted to find a store. And, you know, one of those big boards that give the map of where you are in the mall, you know, you bump into them all the time. And the other day we were looking for a store. We couldn't find one of those maps. Going from one end to the other, where are those maps? Well, you go to those maps and you, you see this big map, and it's got this big map of the, of the stores that are there and the big, you know, layout of the mall. And then it's got this big arrow or star that says, you are here. Oh, okay, here's the Starbucks, and here's the whatever, and here's, okay, I see, I am here. And then, then it kind of gives you perspective, you know where to go. You know where you're at in the whole scheme of things. You want to know where you are here? You are here in eternity. So let's look at what the Bible says, what, from God's perspective of where you are in this river of time that we find ourselves in today. Job calls it in seven uh, six of Job, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. <laughs> he calls being in this life uh, the, the days just one after the other, that the other just become quick and quicker and quicker. And uh, he, he uses the illustration of fast moving cloth making tools, the weaver's shuttle. Can you imagine that kind of a, and I don't even know, I don't know the, the, the discipline here, but there's that uh, shuttle that pushes the, the threads that, are, that come in, and it goes, you know, and, and so he says, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. In the hands of the expert, it goes so fast that you can't really see it come together. He says, my days are like, the revolutions, boom, 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 day in, day out, day in, day over and over and over, so quickly that you look back and it's been a week, it's been a month, it's been a year, a decade. Wow, time flies. Hey, listen, I can assimilate, I can, I can associate with that. Now, when I was a kid, I thought, man, I'm never going to get big. I want to get big. I want to get old. <laughs> that was a long time ago. I don't want to get old anymore. You know, it's like, oh, man, all of a sudden I'm old. It's like, ah, what happened? It's gone. Hey, yeah, your days are like a weaver shuttle, just day after day after day, in and out and in and out. And it just, man, time flies. Or maybe as James puts it in James chapter 4, verse 13, go to, go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. 
Yeah, you got all these big plans, he's saying. And that's, that's us, isn't it? Man, we got plans. We got, I mean, 2019's coming up and, and we're, we're talk, talking about vacations and talking about what we're going to do or, or maybe in your, in your uh, office or business or, or uh, uh, whatever it is that, that you do, you, you're thinking about making a gain here or investing here or growing with your company or whatever. And he says, hey, you've got all of these big plans. And you can say, I'm going to do this next year. I'm going to do that. And he goes on to say, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow for what is your life? It is even a vapor. That appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. As it were, vapor. Here and gone. You know what vapor is? You know when it gets really cold outside and you can see your breath? That's vapor. That's the vapor he's talking about. It, uh, talking about. It's here and it's gone. It's, it's there and then all of a sudden it's nowhere to be seen. It's no more. It is no more. Your life is just like a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. <clears throat> and gone means that we leave this existence altogether. We're ushered into the presence of our maker. Our, our, our time here on earth is just here and gone, here and gone, here and gone. Finished time. We look at, we look at what the Bible talks about time and where we're at. And, and the Bible warns us that time comes to a, an end. The time that we're here comes to an end <coughs> shortly, very quickly. Hey, folks, you better pay attention to where you're at in the scheme of things, in the scheme of eternity. No matter how many years that you spend here, it's here and it's gone, and that time comes to an end, finished time. When we look at where we're at, we're talking about things that are coming to a close or ending. How about this one? Finished test. See, because that's what, where we are. We're in the midst of a, of a trial or of a test. We're, we're in the midst of, of the time where we're expected to make a choice, to choose which way we want to go, to choose whether or not we love God or want to go God's way or believe Him or not. And folks, this test that we're in in this life comes to a close. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 7. This is what Paul said. The believer who knew the Lord, he's got saved and he was living for the Lord for as much as he possibly could in his lifetime. And he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Finished. It's over with. He knew that he was about to lose his head. He was about to uh, be martyred for the cause of Christ. And he, he gave everything to the Lord, and he knew that his life was coming to a close. And he says, I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, he says, now that's not over. Hey, this life is not it. It's going to be over and done with, but then there's something coming ahead. Henceforth, because of his living the life as he did, because him uh, giving it all for Christ, because he understood that only what's done for Christ will last. Because of that, henceforth, he says, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Hey, listen, folks, this life that we have right now will come to a close, and everything that we've done, all of our choices will, will end. No more choice after that. Paul was saying that he did all that God required of him to come to the conclusion of his labors. It was the end of his labors. 
The end of this test, the end of his life, the finished test. Now was time for the afterwards banquet, the awards banquet. And there will be a grand awards banquet. I'm looking forward to that. Now, you might not be, but I've served the Lord. I've honored him. I, I, I believe God. I'm looking forward to that awards banquet. Hey, pay, pay attention, folks. There's coming an awards banquet. And it's going to be, it's going to be better, greater, grander than any kind of celebration that you're going to see on TV with a ball dropping and anything. No matter what New York wants to do, there's going to be a divine awards banquet. And that's coming on. And it's as real as us sitting in this auditorium today. See, you know why, folks? Because this life is a test. And this test comes to a close. Finished test. From the first test given to Adam till today, we're provided with the opportunity to choose. You remember, uh, God placed Adam in the garden and he, he gave him everything that he needed, a perfect environment, a perfect wife. How about that, guys? A perfect wife. Ladies, she had a perfect husband. <laughs> he didn't throw his socks anywhere because there were no socks. They were naked. But anyway, um, it was a perfect environment. Folks, a perfect environment. And God said, okay, all of this is laid out. Now you have to choose to believe me, to honor me, to avoid this tree. Do not eat of this tree. You can have everything else that you want. Anything else. It's all yours. And so it was a test. It was a test that was given. It was something that God laid before Adam, and he says, okay, now you have to choose. From that first test till today, we're provided with that opportunity to choose, to decide, to vote, to align ourselves, to take that divine test. You say, preacher, a test to do what? Well, to choose his authority. To place yourself underneath his authority. To choose his salvation, to choose his truth, his ways. You see, everyone will come to an end, finishing their test, and then we're going to be stand to be graded. Luke chapter 16, verse 2, now this is talking about some other things, but there's a line here that I'd like to, to bring out to you when Jesus told this story about the unjust steward. It says that he called him and he said unto him, how is it that I hear this of the Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest no longer be steward. In this story, here's a boss that had a, 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 an employee that he was firing. It was the, the and time of his employment was ending. And he says, give an account. Hey, bring out the books. What have you done? Give an account of thy stewardship. It's over with. The employment here is ended. Now it's accounting time. And folks, it's not just a story back here about uh, a steward that worked for a boss. No, no, it's you and me. Jesus is talking about us. There's coming an accounting time where God will, will stand us up individually, one by one, and he'll utter those very same words. Give an account of thy stewardship. What did you do with what I gave you? It's over with. What did you do with the offered grace afforded by the blood of Christ? Sinner, did you know that your transgression and, and your deserved uh, judgment 
And condemnation can be avoided by the blood of Christ. Jesus was the one that died for you in your place. He was the substitution for the wrath of God upon you. No, Jesus took that. What a gift. What did you do with that? What did you do with that, with that sacrifice, with that salvation that was afforded to you? Give an account. What did you do with the offered grace afforded by the blood of Christ? Sinner, did you take the offered lamb? Did you look to the brazen serpent? You remember that picture of salvation in the Old Testament when they were bitten? By the way, if you look at the, the story, for good cause, sinners that were provoking God, and there was judgment that was falling upon these folks, and they were dying, and Moses comes to God and says, what should be done? And so God instructs them to get a, a, a snake, to make a, a, a brass snake or a brazen bronze snake, to put it on a pole and put it high in the camp so that everybody could see. And if you're bitten and you're dying and you only have moments before you're gone, if you look to this brazen serpent, you'll live, you'll be healed, you'll be cured. Wow, what a picture of Christ. And that's why Jesus, he, he applied it to himself. He says, if I, the Son of Man, be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Listen, that's your salvation. That's what God has offered to you. Listen, that is what God has given you. What have you done with that salvation? Because the question will be pointed to you. Give an account. What did you do with the salvation that I offered you in the, in the, the Lord Jesus Christ? Did you put the blood on your house to avoid judgment? as they did in the Passover when God warned them, listen, the death angel will, will visit and anybody without the blood of the lamb on their house, there will be death. There will be sorrow. There will be judgment. There will be grief. But you can avoid that. You take the lamb and, and you kill it and you dip that lamb in hyssop and you, you splash it against the outside of the house and the death angel will... will uh, Avoid you will will uh, pass over. That, that's the song that we sing, isn't it? Pass over you. And that's why they call it the Passover. What a picture of salvation. See, the question is, friend, have you ever applied the blood so that God's judgment would pass over you? Give an account. What did you do with the blood? What did you do with the blood of Christ? Not the blood of the lamb. It's just a picture. What did you do with the blood of Christ that was offered? Did you put the blood on your house to avoid judgment? Did you dip seven times in the Jordan River? Another picture of salvation. Did you get into the ark of safety? As Noah built this ark and preached for 120 years, judgment is coming and it was just mocked and just scoffed at and disbelieved and and, uh, and, and uh, offended until the time that they were to get in the ark and God shut the door. The question comes to you, <clears throat> did you get into the ark of God's safety? Did you believe God? Did you get saved? Did you become born again as Jesus told us about? He warned us, he says, unless you're born again, you'll not see the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't matter who, who opposes what Jesus said, his words. You better pay attention to the master's words. He says you must be born again. He talked to that uh, uh, religious leader, Nicodemus. You remember in John chapter 3, 
And he came to him and he had all kinds of questions. And Jesus cut right through it, all of the, 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 uh, the tape. And he says the, the most important thing, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You know what, preacher, I'm, I'm not really sure about that thing. I'm not really concerned about that. Oh, why not? Jesus said, you must be born again. Unless you're born again, you're going to not go to heaven. He made that extremely clear. Now, the accounting that will come is when you stand before the, 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 the Lord God and he says, what did you do with the salvation provided? Have you been born again? As I, as I made clear, as I warned you of, did you become born again? Give an account. What did you do with Jesus? You know, Pilate asked that question in, in Matthew chapter 27, verse number 22, when he was... Uh, looking at Christ and, and doing uh, this judgment, this bogus judgment that night. And he tried to get out of condemning Christ. And he, he said, after you know, investigating him over and over again, he come to the conclusion, I find no fault in him. There's no fault in this man. He's a righteous man. He's a just man. There's, there's no reason for, for us to, to uh, uh, crucify him. But that's what the crowd wanted. And this is what Pilate asked. He said in verse 22, Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? They said, let him be crucified. But you know, the question comes to you. What did you do with Jesus? What did you do with the one called the Christ? You see, he died for you, for your sins, to pay for the sins of the whole world. That means you too. Your sin nailed him to the cross. Your transgression bruised him, as the Bible says. It was, it was those... those uh, 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 that wickedness, that, that iniquity that you performed, that I performed, put him on the cross and he paid for the penalty of your sin and my sin and now you're to be saved. What shall I do with Jesus? Well, that's a good question. What are you going to do? There's a test. Folks, this test comes to an end. Finished test. And you'll be, you'll be required to give an account. What did you do with Jesus? We find finished time, finished test. And then the end here, let's look at the finish, finished toll. You see, this is not about me or you. If we're looking at me or you and our salvation or what we are, what we have to, to offer, that's insufficient. This is about Jesus. This is not about this church. This church can't save you. You know what, I'd love to save you if I could, but I can't save you, and there's, uh, I'm a sinner just like you are. We're all in that boat. This is not even about our predicament of sin, our transgression, or the, the guilt that we uh, own because of our sin, and the judgment that we're, that we're looking at, the justice that, that we're, we're, we're uh, 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 reg- uh, running from. No, no, this is about Jesus and what he did, what he offers you today, what he paid. The greatest passage this morning is the one that we started with, John 19, verse number 30. Let's see that again. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, this is in his death, this is the last thing, the last words of, of Christ on the cross before his passing. He said, it is finished. It's done. 
And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. Here the word finished is translated as performed or accomplished or paid up. That very same word in other passages in the New Testament. See, this was the term used to complete a business transaction. In essence, if somebody were to uh, buy something or or, uh, make payments on something or whatever, and when it's all said and done, finally done, the last payment in, they would take that that uh, red uh, stamp that we use today, or s- uh, similar in that, in that culture, and they would emboss it on, on the, the, the bill, and it would say, paid in full. And that's what Jesus said when he said, it is finished. It's paid in full. It's taken care of. You see, folks, I am undeserving, but Jesus paid the price. Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 4. Surely he, Jesus, hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him... The iniquity of us all. Folks, it was that transaction that God arranged for him to pay. This was in the plan of a loving Heavenly Father for a fallen race. For you, for me. Jesus paid the price in full. And on the cross, that, that final transaction of his perfect life. It goes on to say in Isaiah 53, verse number 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him, Jesus, to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Christ bore our iniquities. He took all of the the sin, all of the wickedness, all of the failure that you and I have ever accomplished. They took that to the cross, and as it says, he bore our iniquities. So Jesus cries, it is finished. It's done, it's paid for. He completed the transaction. Salvation is finally offered. Don't even dare insult God by taking the slightest amount of credit for saving your wicked soul. As so many people like to try to say, well, I'm a good person, or I have not killed anybody, so I'm okay. I'm good. No, no, you're not good before God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Hey, each one of us. There's not one that, upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not, the Bible says. We're all sinners. We're all in need of a Savior. And Jesus, our Savior, died in our place, and he paid the, the penalty in full. And God says, yes, I'll accept that. It was, a, it was a, an absolutely perfect life that was given, that was, was offered to be our, our sacrifice atonement lamb. He completed the transaction. <clears throat> and then people try to lift themselves up. They try to be good enough. They try to save themselves. Try to get religious. No, no, folks, we're totally incapable of self-redemption. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it 
white as snow. Paid in full. Aren't you glad that Jesus paid the price for your soul? Now all you have to do is to accept that offered free gift and give God the glory. See, 2018 coming to a close, we see finished time, finished test. But thank God, Jesus paid the toll. There's finished, it's completed. It's paid in full. I'm so glad I'm saved. I'm so glad I know this Savior. How about you? Say, preacher, I don't, you know what? I know that life is here and gone. And I'm not promised tomorrow. God never promises me. God doesn't promise me one more hour of life that he, that he is so gracious to give us. And you know what? You can say, preacher, I don't know that I'm saved. I don't know that I got this thing nailed down. I'm concerned. Get saved. Jesus paid it in full. As it says, when he passed, he said, it is finished. It's all there, folks. You're going to stand before the Lord, and the question is, give account. What did you do with Jesus? Every head bowed just for a moment. Let's just apply this time to think about what we're the offer before us, and that is salvation. Maybe you're here and you, you know about Jesus. You know about what he did. You know that he's the Savior. You know that he's the one that was sinless. He's the one that died for your sins. You maybe understand that part of it. But you've never been born again. You've never received Christ as your Savior. You've never applied that yourself. Hey, listen, it's up to what you do with Jesus. He that has the Son, the Bible says, has life. He that has not the Son of God has not life. It's as simple as that. Do you have Jesus? The test is what are you going to do with this one called the Christ? What are you going to do with Jesus? Friend, you need to be saved. You need to receive Christ as your Savior. And I can't do that for you. I wish I could. I wish I could because I would if I could, but I can't. This is just something that's individual that you need to choose yourself. And so right now, while heads are bowed, nobody looking. If you would desire that I pray for you, I'd, I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, commit to praying for you if you just kind of indicate, say, preacher, yes, that's me. I'm, I'm unsure about my salvation. I don't have peace about it. I don't know that I've been born again, but I'm concerned about it. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me before it's eternally too late? I'll do that if you allow me to. I'm not going to come to you or call out your name if I knew it or, or embarrass you in any way, but I'll, I'll pray for you if you allow me to. Say, preacher, would you pray for me? Yes, just put your hand out and put it right back down. Well, no one's looking right now, right now. Just put your hand out and put it right back down. Say, preacher, that's me. Don't know for sure about salvation. I don't know for sure about where I stand, but I'm concerned. Would you pray for me? I'll do that if you allow me to. Just put your hand out and put it right back down. <laughs> Believer, you're here. You know the Lord. You've been saved. Thank God. Thank God we've been able to take advantage of the, the offer before us. Aren't you so glad that we can, that we can uh, rejoice in Christ? We can be secure in Christ. And it's not upon our performance. It's upon all. It's all upon what Jesus did for us. Thank God for that. We can rejoice. We can celebrate that. But you know, God has given us the choice of our life, of our breath, our words, our steps, our thoughts. Listen, we have this life as <clears throat> that testing time that, that uh, uh, award-winning time right now. 
that trophy-winning time of living for Christ or not. It's up to us what we do with that. What have you been doing? You know, that test is coming to an end. How about you? When, when you look over 2018, are you glad? Are you, are you excited about it? Or are you, you kind of regretting some things? Hey, listen, there's no need to, to go on and pine about it. What we can do is from here on, from today forward, decide. From here on, to become committed. From here on, the, the time that I have left, I'm going to do, I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to offer to the Lord. I'm going to make count for eternity. You know what? If that's you, I'm not asking for a hand, but I'm asking for a commitment. And if that's you and, and God is, is moving you to that kind of a commitment today, I want you to, in your heart, to bow before him and, and, and speak to the Lord right now in this invitation time as we move into it and do business with God. You might be able to do that in your seat, but you know, sometimes I've, I've seen this, it just, it's, a, it's a whole lot better when you just make that, that, that uh, show and that, and that uh, um, uh, step to use the altar to, to clinch that, what, what God is doing in your heart to decide, yes, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm doing right now. That's what I'm deciding to, to take the rest of my year, the rest of my days, the rest of my hours, the rest of my time, no matter what that is, and I'm going to offer it to God. I'm going to bring glory to God in my life because this test of a life is coming to a close sooner than you think. What you can do is you can live for the Lord. If that's you, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to, to make a decision here this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to each heart. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for offering salvation. Lord, thank you so much for what you've done on the cross. Lord, thank you so much for, for saving a, um, an undeserving race, but not just a human race, but me. Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for some 40-some years ago when I came to you and I received you as my Savior. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you.